Want to have safe kinky sex? Make sure you make your way over to AdamEve.com. Adam and Eve has over 12 million satisfied customers worldwide. Everything from the newest vibrators to classic movies. When you're on AdamEve.com, make sure to enter in the promo code HUSH50. That's H-U-S-H-5-0 to get 50% off almost any one item and free shipping. Do I need to say that again? Free shipping. Make sure you have your kinky safe sex needs satisfied by visiting AdamEve.com. Welcome to Hush, the podcast guaranteed to give you a load of fun. And with that being said, let's slide into the episode. Hello everybody, thank you for tuning in to volume 58 of Hush. My name is Kim, and I'm here to bring you the shit you love to hear. Again, thank you again for tuning in to the Hush podcast, and we have our special guest today, Mistress Vexa from Singapore. Hi! Hi, thank you again for making it. I apologize again for the time difference, but I am so grateful that you are on this show with us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you, and... One of the rites of passages that we have is we like our guests to share how they lost their virginity. Are you comfortable with sharing that story? It's actually not a very fun story for me. <laughs> the, the short version of it is I was assaulted when I was like 14. It was horrible. I, I still remember I felt like completely helpless. I, I struggled, but I'm like really petite, and I was very, very skinny back then, so I don't think I put on much of a fight. Now I can fight. I've like taken on all forms of martial arts, <laughs> learned self-defense and everything, but back then it was, it was horrible, and after that, I had a very bad relationship with sex. I hated my body. I hated myself. I didn't trust myself. <laughs> For not being able to defend myself, but years passed and eventually I healed. I stopped feeling quote unquote dirty, but I don't think I truly understood how to value my own pleasure until I became a swinger and subsequently a dominatrix. So I've came a long way from then to now, which I'm very proud of. Thank you for sharing that story. I mean, I know that's tough. I wasn't expecting that, and I appreciate you opening up about that. So, do you think that, uh, well, how did you make that transition from that being your first experience to now being a dominatrix in Singapore? I would say in the beginning it was very tough because I really didn't love myself at all. But eventually, as time passed, I started practicing a lot of self love. Really learning and taking care. Really learning to take care of myself, uh, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, <laughs> physically. And as I got stronger in all aspects, slowly it became easier to love myself. And 
like I mentioned before, I really don't think I understood how to value my own pleasure until I joined the the stringing community and subsequently became a dominatrix. And yeah. I wanted to get so into that. Previously, I didn't really prioritize myself that much, mm-hmm. but now now I know how to. Yeah. I wanted to get into that. How how was your first experience as a dominatrix? So initially I was very skeptical because I was approached by someone in one of the communities here in Singapore. They wanted to open a commercial dungeon. So they were trying to like recruit and train potential mistresses. And our initial interaction started with me scolding him. For messaging me when I didn't invite him to, which now I realize was a very mistressy thing to do. <laughs> but that's how it all started, and I was I was very skeptical. I was questioning everything. But eventually, when I got to like go through like training and play with them a little, I got to explore a list of kings uh, in a small group with them, and there was always another mistress around. So that really helped to make me feel comfortable. And trust the process, and enjoy myself. I had fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what matters. That's what counts. Um, yeah. What attracted you to being a dominatrix? Uh, the particular kink that attracted me to give this a shot was ball busting. <laughs> that's what hooked me in. Basically, basically, this man told me that I could get paid. Like I'm all that's for that. <laughs> that's not in the but after I explored all the other kids that are out there, I enjoyed a lot of them. And the dungeon that tried to recruit me, they they failed because I mean, Singapore just isn't ready for it. Like the laws here make being a dominatrix in a very grey area. Like, I, I've spoken to an officer here once before who literally told me it's not against the law, there's nothing illegal about it, but it's just not right. It's just morally not right. And obviously, I don't agree, but the problem is they just don't understand what it's about. They don't understand what I do, they don't understand why clients look for dominatrix. And there's overall just a lack of sexual education here in Singapore so a lot of people don't understand what's going on and we just couldn't open a commercial dungeon and after that when when it failed a lot of the girls kind of went into early retirement (laughs) early retirement yeah (laughs) that's what we'll call it (laughs) I I couldn't get over the craving of having a slave kneeling down before me my, my feet felt lonely. They needed to get worshipped. <laughs> and I just couldn't take the feeling of it. And eventually I decided to continue on my own. And here I am now, I guess. <laughs> and how did your friends and family react? Well, do they even know, first of all? Yeah, most of my friends know. I'm super open about it. Like, I, I don't hide it. If anyone asks me, I tell them. Or sometimes I, I start a competition and I just tell them. <laughs> and I, I love it because after they find out, I feel like 
they they get more open to sharing with me about themselves, like things that I don't think they would have ever shared if I never told them that I'm a dominatrix. And I love that by being open about myself, it kind of sends out a message that you don't have to be ashamed of not being so called normal. And I think it just helps people around me feel more comfortable with themselves. Yeah. And my, my family kind of knows. I'm staying with them right now in quarantine. And the moment you enter my room, you kind of see like a coat rack and I just have like a whip and my ropes just hanging there. <laughs> so they kind of know. And then they're just very confused. Because they don't really talk about it, but they see all my stuff around. So, do you actually bring, like, the people back to your place, like, your uh, your clients there? Is that where it all goes down? Or, like, do you meet them somewhere else? And <laughs> right, right now, I only host at hotels. Okay. So I'll hotel and then they'll come in for sessions. Okay. Yeah. All right. I was curious about that when you said that your family sees your stuff. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. so do they see the men, too? <laughs> Not yet. You talked about fetishes. What are the common fetish requests that you get? The most common requests that I get in Singapore include foot worship, face sitting, ass worship, bondage, humiliation, and pegging. These are the most common few. And is there any that you enjoy doing in particular? My top three have got to be Food worship, ball busting, of course, and mummification. Oh, can you yeah. explain what mummification is? So I basically wrap their whole body, sometimes even their head up with some form of material. Right now, I'm usually using cling wrap because it's the fastest, and then they, they won't be able to move. They're like a mummy. They're just stuck there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so you talked about ball busting. How was your first experience doing that? Were you a little nervous to like kick him in the balls? I was excited. <laughs> I was not afraid to hurt him. <laughs> <laughs> and I really thought that that particular slave was very used to it. So he, I don't think he even felt much the first few times. <laughs> yeah. And do you feel like, um, kind of switching up just a little bit do you feel like it's a little easier for you to get into your character now over time when like to get into mistress vexa versus like how you are when you're not a dominatrix has that become easier to transition i think for me the transition is quite natural (laughs) yeah it's quite quite easy for me to get into character because my character Mistress Vexa's personality is not very different from my from my own day to day personality. The way that I speak, the way that I may boss someone around, <laughs> if the person wants to get bossed around, of course. But I think the one thing that helps me pull it all together is when I put on whatever outfit I want to wear for the day, put my makeup on, put on a dark lipstick, and I just feel in the zone. <laughs> You're like, she's yeah. in the house. <laughs> Mistress Vexa is in the house. <laughs> My favorite part is dressing up. <laughs> I have too many fetish wear now. It's insane. It's taking over my whole wardrobe. <laughs> I don't have all the clothes anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Are there any requests that you're actually afraid to try? Afraid to try... I would say anything that is unsafe or that I haven't been trained in. So for example, one request that I got recently is hot wax play. Like this client wanted me to use tea candles and they burn at a very high temperature. So I know they can very easily cause injury. So I'm not very keen to try it. Even though I know that there are ways to like prevent blistering and all. But I just would stay away because of the risk until I know that until I feel like I know enough to perform it safely. Yeah. So anything unsafe like that. And when you decline a kind of request like that, do they take it okay? Are they like, okay, well, let's do this instead? Or they do they give a lot of pushback when you're not comfortable about it? Usually we come to a compromise, but if not, I'll just tell them to find another mistress. I'm quite picky with the clients that I accept. And they know that. They know that. They know the deal. <laughs> is your personal sex life anything like your dominatrix lifestyle, or are you more vanilla? Uh, <laughs> I would personally, I would say that I'm quite vanilla, but I know a lot of people will back to differ on that. So, like, my favorite position right now is missionary. It sounds boring, right? <laughs> but. The twist there is, it's usually a really huge stick, so I can't <laughs> take it any other way. <laughs> and also, it's probably taking place at a swingers party or a BDSM party, and everyone is watching. <laughs> but it's missionary, so to me it's still vanilla. <laughs> Compared to everything else that you're doing, yeah, I feel like missionary is. Yeah. I'm surprised. I'm like, whoa! I, w- I was thinking of like some like crazy position or something. <laughs> I've tried. I've tried quite a lot. For some reason, right now, my favorite is missionary. <laughs> you talked about like sex in in Singapore, and do you still feel like there are like a lot of taboos to a lot of things, like even swinger parties and BDSM? Oh yes, for sure. I would say outside of my innermost circle and the communities itself, a lot of people don't know that it exists or the idea of what it's like is very different from the reality of it. So people are very afraid, people are very judgmental, but I feel like it's mostly driven by their own insecurities because they're not very open with expressing themselves. It's still a problem here in Singapore. Slut shaming is still very common in Singapore. It's still common here. I know that there's like some celebrities that try to um, make movements about making it more common. But yeah, slut shaming is still something that we feel here in America as well. Yeah. It's it's hard to be open about different things. And that's kind of why I created the podcast too is because I grew up with a religious background and uh, we couldn't talk about these things. And so now I, I wanted to have that platform just to speak freely about anything that's taboo, anything that's supposed to be kept on the hush, that's supposed to be kept quiet, and bring that all to the light, really. So again, I'm, I'm thanking you for coming on and talking about all of this with me. Um, jumping back into the questions that I have for you, um, how long do you foresee yourself being a dominatrix? 
it has been more than a year and I would like to say that I'm here to stay because I have no intentions of stopping anytime soon but then again I'm a very fly where the wind takes me kind of person so I just leave it pretty open I'm not sure when I would want to stop I guess if I if I lose interest I'll probably stop if it stops feeling if, if it stops feeling fun for me I'll probably stop okay yeah. I'm all for that fun and happiness that's what life is about I mean I feel like life is too short not to do those things you know that <laughs> that's how I honestly feel <laughs> and so you got to take advantage of all these moments and all these opportunities you had mentioned a swinger party. I want to get into that really quick. I know that wasn't something that I originally intended to ask you, but now I'm just like intrigued about it. How was your first? <laughs> how was your oh my first gosh, time? This was amazing. <laughs> so it was a friend of this guy that I was talking for. So I met I met this girl through through this guy, and then she invited me to her parties and. At first, I was like, I don't think I'm gonna play. I'm just gonna go there and and watch. I'm just gonna watch some live porn. <laughs> it was at a pool villa, so really nice place to go and chill at. Mm-hmm. So that was my intention: just go there and watch. But I ended up becoming I I ended up becoming the main show for the thing <laughs> because I just met this guy and we had this instant connection. And we were just fucking like on every single piece of furniture in the villa, like everyone was watching and I guess that was my introduction. <laughs> and there was no like going back after that. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was so interesting because I thought that I would be very self-conscious about it. But I was just so, so into it. And I guess the people, the people there really helped. Mm-hmm. Like... That particular hostess that I was with, she curated the people really well. So there, there were no creeps, there were no weird people lurking around. The girls were all very friendly, everyone was very open, and it was overall just a great experience for me. That yeah. sounds very erotic. <laughs> was it pretty erotic? <laughs> yes, it was. I checked off so many things on my list that day. <laughs> I wasn't intending to ask this, but are you comfortable with sharing? Are you single or are you in a relationship? I'm currently single. Okay. Yeah. And then just switching. (laughs) Switching up the topic a little bit. How has the coronavirus impacted what you do? Yeah. And yeah, I just prefer face to face. So I don't 
sessions. There's so much more personal touch and contact and control. I, I like more control. <laughs> I want to be able to touch them, slap them, spray <laughs> kick them in the balls. Do you do you feel like once the pandemic kind of slows down a little bit that there's still going to be people hesitant uh, because of everything? Yes and no. I have a lot of clients on both ends of the spectrum. So there are some who are like, I really want to see you, but I'm waiting very patiently. I will see you once this is all over, if, even before we went on lockdown. They were talking to me and they were telling me like they really wanted to see me but they want to wait for things to settle down. And then on the other hand, there are people asking me to break the law right now to see them and obviously I'm like, no. <laughs> wait! Gosh, wait, picture me! It's not that hard! <laughs> At this time, have, have any thoughts crossed your mind about no longer being a dominatrix because of the coronavirus? And going into one last question about that. Um, how do you see the coronavirus impacting your future? Not in any way that is too serious. Once again, because of privilege, I would say. I think that I'm very grateful for my country and how it's been handling that situation. I think the government is doing a very good job in Singapore. So everything is pretty good. We have food. We have... I have Wi-Fi. Recently, I even bought a pole so that I can dance in my room. So I guess things are pretty good. Yeah. I just said that I can't travel because I love to travel and I've had to cancel so many trips because of this. And the air fares are going to rise even after lockdown. So I'm going to be planted here for a while more. That's going to be sad, but... Like I said, I'm still enjoying my life, so I'm trying to be grateful for that. Yeah, that's the best thing. Yeah. Outside of being a dominatrix, what other passions or hobbies do you like that you're willing to share, of course? I like to pole dance. <laughs> All right. It's, when... it's quite funny because most of the dominatrixes in Singapore, all of them are pole dancers as well. Like... Yeah, like almost all of them common common interests that we all have here. I'm I'm actually I'm a fitness crazy person. I like boxing, I like yoga, I spin anything that's fitness related. The pole dancing. Uh, Chris and I are really into strippers. Like how how was your first time pole dancing? Or, or I feel like you're not nervous about these things. Like you're just going to go out and try things. Yeah, <laughs> honestly my first time was shocking because I didn't think that it would be so hard. I was in so much pain. I felt so weak. I couldn't get up the pole. Everything hurt. <laughs> Even until now I'm amazed by the people that teach me, all the dancers and the tricks and everything. Because it's, it's like they don't feel pain. Pole <laughs> dancing is very painful. But they make it look so effortless. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it just amazes me. Yeah. 
does does being a dominatrix affect your relationships with people? Like not just people romantically, but even like friends, family. Do you feel like any of this affects anything at all? For my friends, not yet. But I do still occasionally go to church. <laughs> and most of my church friends don't know yet. Some of them do and they're okay with it. Some of them don't. And I mean, I guess I expect that some acquaintances may find it like questionable and they may not be alright with it. But I feel like the people who aren't would probably just be acquaintances, not my closer friends. Mm-hmm. Because I I'd expect that. the people around me in my circle to be more liberal. If not, we probably wouldn't click and be friends anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As for relationships, it has honestly been a struggle because I already have trust issues, pretty bad trust issues, and I've had to try to switch, which is something that I've been considering. I don't think I'm. I don't think I will make a very good sub, but it's something that I do want to try. <laughs> but I have a problem of just not trusting men and. It doesn't help that majority of these men who call themselves dogs, they, I wouldn't say that they're really a dog. To me, they're just manipulative, abusive, and a total dick. <laughs> they just suck. And I'm like, why are you like this? And it doesn't help that I hang out with other dominatrixes a lot. So my standards for what I would expect in a potential date or play partner is pretty high and cake is so important to me I can't just date an extremely vanilla man I think I'll get bored really quickly so it has become a problem a big problem <laughs> so you want somebody that's comfortable to go to like a swinger party with you oh yes for sure <laughs> yeah right. now I'm curious like are you into sharing so, like, if you go to a swinger party, let's say that you have a boyfriend and you go to a swinger party, can he get with other people, too? Yes. Yes? People that I approve of. Approve of? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm the kind of girl that when my friends are sad over a breakup, I'm like, I have this guy, do you want to try? <laughs> I would volunteer here the tribute. He's really hot. Look at his abs. <laughs> I like that. Share. <laughs> it's not like you've come a long way so from the first experience that you said to how you are now and just living in the moment and I think that's really beautiful I really do I think that so many people are afraid to go out and try these things like I myself I'm curious about it but I haven't actually done these things so actually hearing it from somebody who has done these it, it just blows my mind it's a lot of fun <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna ask you to do you recommend this? <laughs> do you recommend a swinger party? <laughs> Life is short. You gotta try it. <laughs> I, I love that. Don't don't jump on the very first opportunity that that presents itself. Choose one that you feel you feel like you're drawn to. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like you kind of know when there's an opportunity that's meant for you. So when you get that feeling, just, just go. Just go with it. Yeah. <laughs> just go with it. 
And like, have you actually done any of these erotic experiences in a relationship? So like, have you had a threesome or anything like that? Okay. Okay. And then one last final question. How can people reach you? My Twitter and my fat life are Mistress Baxter. Just my name on its own because it's so unique. And my website is mistressbaxter.com. Okay, I like... One last question. How did you get your name? Uh, It actually came from my previous stage name as a DJ. So it's quite similar to my previous stage name. Yeah. I just wanted something very unique so that I could have my own domain, I could get all the usernames, and I don't have to get mistaken for someone else because there are a lot of people with the same name. <laughs> yeah, so I chose something that no one has and I guess stuck with it until now. Okay. That's cool. Fair enough. Well, I want to thank you again for taking the time to come out on this episode with me. I appreciate it. I had a lot of fun talking with you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. I hope you have a good rest of your day. Stay safe. Stay healthy. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again. And that's it. I don't have any further questions. Was there anything else that you would like to add yourself? Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm wishing you the best in your dominatrix uh, career ventures. I hope that once everything does begin to normalize into whatever uh, shall become, that you know you'll still maintain this client base. That you'll still be able to do what you're happy doing, what you have a passion for. Thank you so much. That's so sweet. <laughs> you're welcome. I hope, to. I hope for that too. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Thank you again for coming on to the show and have a great rest of your day. Hey everyone, thank you for tuning into the Hush Podcast. Make sure to find us on Podbean, Red Dragons Radio, Google Play Music, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, thehushpodcast.com, our Facebook, our Instagram, and our Twitter page.